Welcome in to your Wednesday live chat for this week's Players Championship. The biggest live chat of the year. Anything you want. DFS, ownership, bets, one and done. Silly questions. Interesting questions. I don't care. This time is yours. I don't really care how long this takes. I usually allocate an hour. Sometimes we go into overtime. Admittedly, I ate a snack this morning, so I'm not running out to lunch. I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm excited for this. Thanks, everybody. This is this is going to be awesome. It's an absolutely great week. Should we just do – so I've got the questions here, right? I'm going to go through the questions. You don't have to repeat the questions. Should we just do the weather thing right out of the gate? That seems to be tradition, right? That way we can just do the weather questions, and if you come in late, reference the start of the show. I'll be showing you my website, rickrungood.com, a giant golf database and tools for fantasy and for betting. But for these purposes, I will show you Weather Underground uh, because I don't have the weather numbers on rickrungood.com. So here's what I see. Uh, Today was pretty bad. Wednesday was pretty bad. Very, very windy. However, Thursday looks pretty consistent throughout. Low 70s, anywhere from 8 to 10 mile an hour wind all day. No real spikes, nothing like that. Friday looks like you could get some PM thunderstorms. And the the wind, if you believe this, kicks up from about 8, 9 miles an hour to about 14 or 15 around 2 o'clock. That is the weather forecast. Um, I will note, historically, the industry has been very, very bad at getting the weather wave correct, right? Not only uh, last week. But like the last four times that the industry had a consensus weather wave, I think it's been wrong. So keep that in mind. And one delay, that's just what happened to the Players' Championship last year, right? One delay flips the whole thing. And the, the, the side that you thought was correct uh, might no longer be correct. This is the custom model on rickrungood.com. If you are interested, I do have uh, the waves loaded in here in the bottom left. So you could say you know, give me PM only, give me at least, you know, four guys from the AM, something like that. Right. You can, you can do that. I I'm not necessarily sure we warrant that at the moment, but it's available to you. If anything, maybe PM AM, maybe I wouldn't go crazy with it. Let's get to the questions. Ben says, this is what you outlined from a video two years ago. I'm curious if anything has changed, Ben, I cannot see the comment above that. That is the first comment, so I cannot see. Hey, uh, just resend it to me or something. Hey, Rick, love the content. With the th- top three teeing it off together, are you concerned about all missing the cut if bad weather or if they compete harder because they are playing together if weather, weather isn't an issue? No, actually kind of one of my big peeves is the fact that all the top players always play together. So there is not going to be any uncomfort of John Rom, Roy McIlroy, and Scotty Scheffler playing together. They've played together constantly. Right, I mean, these guys are always in groups with the rest of the stars. I'm not worried about that at all. Joshua says, if you were given the opportunity to hit the green on 17 for 10 million, but if you miss it, you can never play golf again. Would you take it? Yikes! Good question. I probably could not. I mean, realistically, what's my green regulation percentage from there? Like 30 percent, and that's with no nerves or anything. So, like, that's a that's basically an EV of three million dollars to never play golf again. Tough. I don't know. Don't know if I could do it. Love the content, Rick. Can you do a deep dive on Davis Riley? Here we go. Now we're getting into the goods of what people what people came for. Here's here's Davis Riley. Whoops, that's Cameron Davis. Let's do Davis Riley. So uh, I understand the question because after the streak of 
missed cuts three in a row. He goes T9 at Honda, 6.1 strokes gain in the ball striking categories. And then he gains across the board at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. While I think these are good signs, I don't necessarily think they are great signs because that T8 was uh, mostly buoyed with the putter, five and a half strokes putting, which is probably one of his best putting performances ever. It is, yeah, his third best putting performance of his young career. So I think it's a little bit unrealistic unrealistic to think that he's going to be able to do that again, although I do think we are getting some slight positive signs. So um, if you said, hey, Rick, is Davis Riley going to make the cut? I think, yeah, probably. If you set the line at like 51st, I would say I'd probably take the under. I think he's going to do better than that. But I don't think he's got a lot of top-end upside, especially in an event like this, without without having a top three putting week of his career. Can we do a deep dive on Johnny Vegas? This actually says Justin Vegas. I'm assuming you're talking about Johnny Vegas. And uh, he's been impressive, right? And he is now certainly a foothold in the team no-putt category. Uh, From T to green, he's phenomenal. He actually gained strokes putting last week at the Honda 5.5, but uh, generally a big loser in that category. He has not lost strokes off the tee since the Wells Fargo. And if you watch the Monday preview, the ball striking categories are really, really critical here at TPC Sawgrass, at least historically, when you look at the correlation model. Um, I put this in my newsletter. So go sign up for Rick Rungood's. Oh, I have the crystals somewhere. Okay, just hold on. Hold on. I I have the crystals. All right. So. If you sign up for the Rick Run Good newsletter, which is linked in the description, rickrungood.com slash newsletter, I send out little nuggets. I've got like six or eight of these. So this is the stupidest, coolest thing I've ever seen. This is hazard water from the 17th hole. Can you see that? At TPC Sawgrass from 2021. This is sand from that bunker on 17. I don't even know if you can see it. There, there, there's sand in there. These little crystals, they come in little holders. Um, I'll give them away. But you got to be as long as you're subscribed to the newsletter, you're um, you're entered. All right. So anyway, in that newsletter, (laughs) in that newsletter, I showed you that um, this is the fourth best golf course for ball strikers. Right. So when you just look at correlation of approach play, correlation of off the tee, uh, what other courses uh, rate highly in both or if you put them together, rate highly and plantation course at Kapalua is number one. Whistling Straits is number two, TPC Potomac, Quail Hollow, and then um, actually there's a tie, Quail Hollow, TPC Craig Ranch, TPC Sawgrass. So that that's where we're at. This is a, a ball striker's place, and Johnny Vegas is a ball striker. Now you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get a couple strokes with the putter, right? But this is generally a um, a pretty good sign. Rick, I'm so stuck. Like everyone else, I want to start my sheet this week with the fourth or fifth best players. Yet there's five of them. But who are you thinking? Um, what sheet are we talking about here? Yeah. So I'm not sure I understand that question. Uh, Rick, it's my birthday. Can I get a long shot birthday pick to put a couple of bucks on? How long do you want to go? You know, I, I think that, um, I don't think there's a lot of guys that can win this golf tournament. I, I think realistically Keegan Bradley at 50 to one is like the longest I would go. I think that if you want other guys, if you want like real flyers, um, Wyndham Clark, I think is interesting. Francesco Molinari, I think is interesting. Adam Long, or excuse me, Adam Scott, I think is interesting. Like, I, I think those guys are undervalued, but I don't think they can actually win. So like the longest guy who I think can actually win Keegan, probably at this point, happy birthday, Denver, Timmy. Hey Rick, thanks for the hard work. Can we do a deep dive on Kisner? His trip last year was fifth. And other than a bad round two, he may have won it. Okay. Let's look. 
Let's look at Kiz. We haven't done a deep dive on Kiz in a while. I don't think he's been playing particularly well. Yeah, look at this. Um, look at this chart. That is not a good sign. Boy, hemorrhaging from T to green. Lost nine and a half at the API, four at the Genesis, five and a half in Phoenix. Yikes! This is pretty ugly stuff. I mean, this this dates back to the Wyndham when he withdrew and lost six. I mean, he's been he's been probably one of the worst players in the field uh, since then. Let's look at his form before last year's Players Championship. I feel like that might be a little bit indicative of, as well. I mean, he was playing much better golf. He had, he started his year with an eighth at, at Kapalua, a third at the Sony open. He made the cut at, in Phoenix. Like he was definitely playing much better golf before his fourth place finish at the players. This is not remotely close to that. Hey Rick, I called the Kurt win. Uh, and I have faith in Johnny Vegas this week. Can you bring up a sheet that shows expected score to strokes? Lost to putting. I'm not sure I understand that question. <laughs> I think you're talking about this, right? The trends tool where we've got the breakout stuff. So it's this one, I believe, is what we're looking for here. That shows uh, basically if if golfers continue to hit it as well as they as they currently are and they get back to their putting baseline, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, if they get back to their putting baseline, like who's got the pop ability, who's got the bounce back opportunity. Um, throw out Jerry Kelly. He's got outliers because of the senior tour. Nick Hardy, Wyndham Clark, Dylan Wu, Aaron Rye, Colin Morikawa, Francesco Molinari, Brandon Wu, Bo Hosser, Joel Damon, KH Lee. They would all fit that upper left-hand quadrant. Um, you want to be in that upper left. Uh, if not in the upper left, you want to be in the upper right. If not in the upper right, you want to be in the bottom left. If not in the bottom left uh, and you're in the bottom right, you are kind of screwed, uh, unfortunately, or at least based on on this specific way of looking at golfers. So I believe that's what you're looking for. Uh, good luck. Picking between Kuchar and Molinari as a low-cost option. Both have a recent top 14 in elevated events. Do you have a, a lean either way? Yeah, I'm actually – I don't hate – I don't hate Francesco. Um so I'll pull up his stat profile so that we can see this together. But, you know, I think I think the harder the golf tournament, probably the better for him. He's got at least decent upside. You know, T5 in Abu Dhabi, uh, T14 at the Arnold Palmer. Yes, he missed the three cuts in between. Genesis, Dubai, Phoenix, but, like, we're kind of down towards the bottom. Also, I'll just say this, like, maybe once or twice today. You should subscribe to RickerOnGood.com. One of the biggest reasons you should subscribe, not only because I think it's great and I love it and I'm constantly making improvements, but – Six different tours, PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, European Tour, Champions Tour, Live Golf, Asian Tour. These guys all play internationally. So if you're only looking at PGA stats for Francesco Molinari, you're not getting the full picture. And that goes for a lot of guys. So um, know what you're getting yourself into. I think it's one of the most powerful things about RickRunGood.com. Eileen Molinari. The narrative of players playing here for the first time sucking. Does that go out the window if they have an experienced caddy? Interesting. Uh, the, the Nick is referencing Tom Kim, who has Joe Scovern on the bag, who used to caddy for uh, Ricky Fowler. So I don't always like buy into that stuff. Um, I think there's kind of a reason guys are first timers, right? The first timers because either they're just entering the portion of their career in which they've qualified for it, or you know what I mean. There's like there's like a lot of other reasons besides going to a golf course for the first time and just being like, oh, this golf course requires experience. Actually, Scotty Scheffler just about an hour ago did his press conference, and someone asked him if he thought TPC Sawgrass was a thinking man's game, and Scotty actually said, I think it's the opposite. He said, 
you just have to hit the shots. Everyone knows where the ball has to go. You just have to hit the shots and the margins are very, very small. I'll try to pull that transcript up and tweet it out later, but that's coming from a top three player in the world who says it's not a thinking man's golf course. So take that for what it's worth. Hey, Rick, can we check out Adam Svensson? Looks seems like his game's rounding into form and he's making some cuts. Yeah, so this is actually a pretty normal situation of what we see from Svensson or, or what we see from golfers who win for the first time. He wins the RSM Classic and then plays bad. And it's not it's not really a knock. This happens all the time. You take a breath. You realize you have a your job locked up for a couple of years. You do some celebrating. And then you get back on track. And some guys take longer than others. And it looks like Svensson is at least back on track. You know, T9 at Riv... T49 at Honda, T24 at API, a little bit reliant on the putter, but that is not completely out of the realm of uh, his range of outcomes. And he gained four strokes ball striking at Bay Hill. So yeah, I generally think this is this is pretty good. He's like 250 to one. I don't think he's going to win, but I think he can play pretty well. Ola says, Jared, my one and done gives bonus money for skins, a win when no one else has them, as well as the four majors. Looking to go a little off the board here. Would you prefer Fitz, Tom Kim, Cam Young, Sahith or Connors? Cam Young. I actually bet Cam Young. Dylan says, can you do a deep dive on Tony Finau's ball striking numbers? Do you like him as an outright or a one and done pick? Um, I haven't gotten there. Whoops. I haven't gotten there on any one and dones or outrights. I don't mind it as a one and done selection. I, I think there are probably better options if you're going for the second tier, but I, I, I just really haven't gotten there yet. Um, oh, I just accidentally refresh my page. Give me one second and I'll get Tony Finau's stat profile up here. Give me one second. Um, while I'm doing that, cause I got to refresh. Jackie says, which six K guys would you not be shocked if they won? I would be pretty shocked if any six K guy won, but if you're asking who I think the most likely six K guy to win is boy, I mean, Johnny Vegas played has played well here before, finished third here before, and he's and he's hitting it well. Would I be super surprised if Webb won? Yeah, probably. I probably would be. That's. I mean, I'd be very, I would be very surprised if all, I mean Molinari, but I would be very surprised if any of these guys won it. I would be very, very surprised if any of these guys won it. Hey, Rick, have you jumped into uh, Rainmakers yet? Yes. So um, I'll, I'll talk to you about that. There is. A lot of good and some bad. Here is Tony Finau and his ball striking numbers. He's been phenomenal. Seven at API, seven at Farmers, seven in Phoenix, nine and a half in Houston. It's a really, really good stat profile. Um, just don't give it away with the putter. Gain a couple with the with the driver. Really, really good stat profile. So here's the thing. I, I have done Rainmakers. Um, long story short, I'm not a big NFT guy, but I believe that the utility that goes with NFTs is really, really critical. And I believe in my world, Using NFTs to create fantasy lineups is one of the best connections to NFTs for me personally. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense, right? So I love the concept. Opening packs is thrilling. Let me tell you, it's amazing. Um, but I believe that there is a lot of uh, advantages in the marketplace. I mean, I'm seeing what what some of these guys are being listed as, listed for, and I and I have bought. I've, I've probably got like 50 or 60 cards at this point between opening packs and whatnot. I. Um, I, I opened up a, a common pack and drew – the pack was like Kevin Yu and two Rory McElroys. So that like paid for itself multiple times over. I also opened up a $20 base pack and got a rare Rory. So uh, 
that's like a $200 card. I'm, I'm running very well on the pack openings and I'm supplementing it with what I believe are very good purchases in the marketplace. Here's the one problem, Cliff. This is the one, to me, this is a huge problem. These cards expire at the end of the season. Shocking to me. I did not necessarily know that until like yesterday. I'd already bought cards like because I thought it would be cool. Like I saw Aaron Wise was super cheap and I was like, I'll just go buy like 50 Aaron Wises and, and hold him forever and, and, and think that he's going to bounce back. They expire at the end of the year. So, so really these cards are going to inherently get less valuable the longer we go. Cause there's only so many tournaments left. I think that's a really big miss. You know, DK is obviously trying to make more money and sell you more cards, but that is really short-sighted in my opinion. And, and, and kind of, Ruins a large aspect of the game for me. Slick Rick, can Luke List provide what Kevin Yu could not this week? Um, Luke List, I mean, I mean, Luke List is a team no putt guy, right? Let's let's pull this up. Oh man, when I start sharing my screen, my stuff gets really, really slow. Give me a second here, boys. Get this uh, figured out. Here we go, Luke List. Come on. While we do that, I'll answer this one. Can't wait for the optimal bracket this year. Yes. So I get a lot of questions like, oh, Rick, are you going to be doing an optimal? Like, yes. It's like the most popular video that I do all year long. I'm like absolutely going to be doing um, an optimal bracket for, for March Madness this year. With the variability due to water, who are the pivots in the seven, six and 7K range? Okay. So here's the ownership conversation. Uh the most popular above 9,000 is likely to be Patrick Cantlay at 25%, which is kind of surprising. So the pivot there would be to Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley, 11%. Is Xander Shoffley, um, or is Patrick Cantlay twice as likely to win than Xander Shoffley? No. So that's pretty interesting. Another good pivot would be Sung J.M. in the 9K range. In the 8K range, a lot of it going to Jason Day. Uh, I like going to either Matt Fitzpatrick or Cameron Young, who are at... Um, 11% and 13%, even Shane Lowry at 10%. The $7,500 range, that's that's Ricky and Keegan. Uh, if you're looking for pivots, I mean, Siwoo and Sahith are fine. I actually don't think Billy Horschel's all that bad. Billy Horschel, high upside golfer, has won big-time events in deep fields and absolutely loves this golf tournament, I think is interesting. And then Adam Scott, um, playing well, has played has played well at this event in the past. Other popular golfers, Keith Mitchell, Corey Connors. Um, I wouldn't mind going to Minwoo or to Denny McCarthy there as a pivot. Anybody in the sixes, Kitayama, seven and a half percent. Nick Hardy, I think would be fine. Uh, Johnny Vegas, I think would be fine as a pivot, but nobody else. I mean, Davis Riley, five and a half percent. I don't necessarily know if you need to pivot off of that because it's just not probably just not uh, popular enough. Hey, Rick, hoping you're having of a fantastic players. We can getting as many views as possible. Thank you. I really like Hatton this week, but I'm asking myself, can he win? What do you think? Um, yeah, I, 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 I believe Terrell Hatton can win. Uh, Terrell Hatton has been a phenomenal ball striker over the last handful of months. Let me try to pull him up here. Um, I'll pull him up and show you this. Where are you, Terrell? Here we go. Um, this is eight and a half strokes gained at API. This is 10, in Phoenix, the T to green stuff's been phenomenal. Even, even oh, not this is just his PGA tour stuff. Hold on, let me add his European tour stuff too, because that's uh, that's really solid. Here we go, even more, right? Uh, gains basically every event dating back to the Italian Open. 
we talked about him a lot, like at the start, like into Phoenix, and he just has not underperformed yet. So yeah, really like the way that Hatton is going for this week. Do you like sticking with guys you bet who play well but lose? All my API bets came close. I'm thinking of running it back. Run it back. Could we see a model without last year's data since there was crazy variance? Last 36, thanks. Yeah, okay. I owe you guys probably another model. So this is, um, this is I'm going to get my head out of the way so that we can see this. This is the custom model at rick, rickrungood.com. I think I got a little, little excited probably on Monday when I ran a model. So here, here's what I would do right now. So um, we can do everything for the last 36, but I think we got to be pretty pretty in on on ball striking. Right. So we probably got to say last 36, 25 on approach, 25 off the tee. Let's not mess around. Okay. So last 36, 25 approach off the tee, last 36, 25 there. Uh, we won't use last year's data. We will then do what about like hard golf courses? What if we put 15 on hard golf courses? What if we put, um, you know, 10 on Bermuda putting? We have 25 left. And what if we did, I mean, what if we just did 25 on implied win percentage and let Vegas tell us, right? That, that type of deal. Uh, that would give us, yeah, I mean, the, the big three would be the big three. Rory, Scheffler, Rom, Finau, and Hatton would be four and five, which is very interesting considering their price. Jason Day would be six. Other notables, Cantlay, seven, Zalatoris, eight, Morikawa, nine, Xander, ten. Let's just do this. Like your original question was was more in line with just like like let's just do I just want to do fifty on last thirty six for off the tee and last fifth and fifty on last like just a pure ball strikers model. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, Cam Young, Colin Morikawa, Terrell Hatton, Will Zalatoris, John Rom, Jason Day, Gary Woodland. Should we do a Gary Woodland deep dive? Is that is that something that needs to happen right now? Let's see what we can find on old Gary. Cause that is a little bit surprising as a as a result for me. So let's do this. Let's do whoops. Sorry, I have my stuff sorted incorrectly here. I'm just too excited. Do a deep dive on Gary. I think I'm getting slowed down by my uh, screen share here. Here we go. All right, Gary Woodland. So, and that's, see, that's with a loss at API. Wow, this could be pretty interesting. So that's with a loss at API. He's $7,000 flat. 12 and a half at Riv, plus 4.8 in Phoenix, plus 3.7 at the Farmers, plus 6.8 in Houston. Yeah, this is pretty good. That That's a pretty pretty low-key good find is, is – uh, is Gary Woodland. Okay. I was watching an old video of yours where you had this tool that compared. Uh, yes, that's the trends tool. I showed it a little bit earlier. When is the last time Scotty lost strokes in the ball striking metrics? Probably been a while. Let's see if I can find it. Last time was. This event last year. <laughs> what an absolute joke that is. This event last year was the last time Scotty Scheffler lost strokes in the ball striking categories. That's an absolute joke. Who are the best uh who are the best long approach players in the field? Okay, well, I guess there's a couple ways we could do this. We could say so go to the Holy Grail, go to stats. I mean, what do you want? Approaches from 200 yards or more? 
that would be wow. Gary Woodlands, Kurt Kitayama, Nick. Is Gary Woodland going to win this golf tournament? Are we? And we is this is this the epiphany that's happening right now that Gary Woodland's going to win this golf tournament? Kitayama, Nick Hardy, Austin Smotherman, Patton Kazire, Wyndham Clark, Adam Svensson, Patrick Cantlay. I don't know how you define Keelan, the best approach players, but if you think it's 200 yards or more, that's pretty good. Hey, Rick, can you talk about lineup construction this week? Um, yeah, I do core cascade uh, in the 20 maxes, but I do hand build like the single entry ones. So the way that I imagine the general builds are going to be, it, it looks like one of the big three, then either Cantlay or JT, then either Hatton or Day, then either Ricky, Keegan, Connors, Mitchell, and then somebody like uh, Kitayama or Harris English or Davis Riley, depending on how you spend at the top. Those are probably going to be guys that are in very, very common builds. Uh, so to be a little bit different, you could just start with Xander. Or you could, like, if you went Xander Sungjae or Xander Collin or Xander Finau, you'd be, you'd be pretty different, it feels like. Are you comfortable playing Sahith? Okay. Let's pull it up and see. Strokes game by tournament. How much is he? Here we go. 7,600 bucks. Um, so we've talked about this before. He is getting less volatile, right? He hasn't missed a cut since the farmers. He's got the high end finishes. He's, he's got a T six at the, at a, um, T six and a C 14 at the two elevated events. Uh, he's got the T 39 in Phoenix. T yeah. I mean, this is about as good of a stat profile as you can get. Right. Um, I worry about his ability to lose a big number like 5.3 in Phoenix. But otherwise, I, I think that that is really, really good. And he's being pretty overlooked, right? He's, oh no, 10.5%. I thought he was a little bit lower than that. But 10.5% for Sahith is not the end of the world. My main man, Rick, this is from Jay-Z. His picks are sick. The sh his show helps win dough. Oh my goodness. Okay, I was thinking about the majors in one and done. Those are the only chances you just live, guys. What will make you more likely to... Yes, okay, so... Here's kind of the dilemma in one and done. Um, there are so many elevated events that there are like not enough guys for them, right? Because there's like 13 elevated events. You've got your stars, et cetera, et cetera. I will probably end up almost having to use live guys in majors. So that will likely be DJ or Cam Smith at the Masters. Um, Neiman maybe somewhere. I don't know. We'll see what Brooks does in the next cut. Like I'm probably going to have to use those guys. Um, because I need to kind of save these guys for other events. And that's an opportunity to get a little bit of a lifeline from the live guys. Who's the most underpriced player and why is it Aaron Baddeley? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Baddeley is what the min is he min priced, uh, or pretty darn, pretty darn close to it. But here's, here's the results. Um, missed the cut at Honda, but has been stout in the short game. He's an above average approach player. He's an above average off the tee player. He's got the T7 at Sony. I mean, he's he's playing some pretty decent golf. Just two missed cuts dating back to basically like his last 18 events. And he is priced at uh I don't think he's the min, but I think no, he is the min. Min price. He's definitely the min price player for sure. Hey Rick, great stuff as always. What do you what are your thoughts on Davis Thompson? I really liked what I saw from him at the American Express. Okay. Uh, admittedly, I've not looked at Davis Thompson recently, so let's see what we can find here. 
<clears throat> Come on. Davis, where are you, buddy? How much is he? Am I missing him? Here we go. Davis Thompson, 6,600 bucks. So we've got, uh, come on, come on. This I, I don't know if there's a ton of people on the site or if this is my screen share right now, but I'm getting, I'm getting a little lag. This usually happens on my screen share. So hopefully it's just me and not you guys. I'll come, I'll come back to it. Um, Victor Hovland. Vic, uh, it's time, Rick. I agree with you. He's trending right. He's got the ball striking numbers. He's he's rocking and rolling. We've talked about this before. Um, the trend line that he's putting together and then what he did here. He gained like 14 strokes ball striking here last year, which I think was like three more than anybody else. He's just he's just rocking and rolling. Hey, Rick, we just got a new item at McDonald's in Canada. The Chicken Big Mac. The hell's a Chicken Big Mac? Is that two chicken patties instead of um, instead of beef patties? That's kind of interesting. No, we have a McCrispy now, but I haven't heard anything of a chicken Big Mac. How many more elevated events do we have for one and done? Also, do you have a downloadable one and done sheet? You had one showing, oh, um, no, I haven't made that available for download, but I guess I, I could at some point. So how many more elevated events do we have? Um, Travelers, Wells Fargo, Memorial, uh, the majors, the match play, the two playoff events before the tour championship. There, it's a lot. We have a lot. There's like 11 more that we still have to get to. Um, so a lot. Can you give me a ranking on Keegan, Ricky, Mitchell, Connors, and Tagala? I would say uh, Ricky, Keegan, Mitchell, Tagala, Connors. Are one and done those two picks at the players and for majors? Any concerns with using two of the big names with how volatile Sawgrass has been? Interesting thought. Um, but no, I don't have any concerns about that. The, the, you know, for the, for the purposes of one and done the, the, the purse just outweighs so much, you know, you're not going to get an opportunity to get four and a half million dollars for the leader any other time. So it's just being able to go out and use, whether it's Rory or whether it's Scotty or whether it's John Rahm or like, it's just, you just have to kind of do it first time in the chat one and done. Uh, do you like Shoffley? Or Morikawa better, uh, Xander. I kind of want to play Hatton, but with a giant purse, it seems a bit loony. You'd have to be pretty far back to play play Hatton here. Rick, I'm torn between these two guys. Open to your thought. Okay. So this is a question between uh, Tommy Fleetwood and Wyndham Clark or Pendrith and Keith Mitchell. Excuse me for one second. I have to call. I'm partial to Wyndham Clark. Um, he has been... Incredibly impressive. And he's doing it in the ball striking categories. Excuse me. When I followed him around in Phoenix, the guy didn't blink. I don't think he's missed a cut since um, Vegas, I want to say. And he hits it far. You talk about guys that are going to, I mean, the, the plus 200, right? Like if you think that's important for this week, he gained 6.8 on approach at API, he lost three and a half uh, off the team. He's usually a very good driver of the golf ball. So the ball striking numbers have been great. He's gained all but once dating back to the CJ cup. T degree numbers have been great. The finishes are coming along. What's that? Four top twenties in his last eight starts, nine starts. So I'm a bit partial to the Wyndham Clark side of things. 
<laughs> says, give me the wind data you have hidden in your database, especially for morning and afternoon winds. Yeah, I'll just get right on that. Any strong leads uh, and fades amongst JT Morikawa, Vic, and Zal Torres? Um, in on Vic, uh, more in on JT than Morikawa, and I think Zal Torres is just fine. Like, if you were going to bet him, that's fine. I know the knock is that Cantley's missed three straight missed cuts. So could you explain why his game doesn't fit? I, I don't believe his game doesn't fit. You know, this is a course that is going to be very, very volatile. And for him to miss three straight cuts, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, you know, Xander's missed three straight cuts. Do we think that Xander's game? I, I just think both of these guys and their game translates to all these golf courses. If you remember, I mean, before the three missed cuts, it was two top 25s. So if we flipped those, if he missed three cuts and then finished top 25, top 25, we'd be singing Patrick Cantlay's praises for TPC Sawgrass. And I'm pretty sure he's got new clubs in the bag and he tried them out in Phoenix. That didn't go well. And then since then it's third at Riv, T4 at API. And he is just absolutely dialed in 9,700 bucks. And um, I mean, he's got the fourth shortest odds. I think he's ready to go. Do we fade uh, Jason Day and King and Bradley at such high ownership? So I, I do believe that the volatile nature of this event uh, would make me want to fade those guys more. I think there is a um, a lower – okay, so normally like when you start getting like 25 or 30% ownership, almost like no matter who it is or where it is, you should probably be fading that guy. I think the threshold is a lot lower for this week. Um, you know – if you really need Jason Day, you can be creative in other places, but I, I probably think the better side is fading those guys, unfortunately. Does Rick do just draft Kings chat? Whatever you want. Do you have a favorite player that will likely be high-owned that you think is looking good enough to discount the high ownership? Good question. Um, I, I, I think it's probably Scotty Scheffler. Right? I mean, he has just been, you know, 21%, 21% projected ownership. I think he's probably going to win this. Even when he's at his worst, it's phenomenal. And his best is some of the best in the world. Um, you know, he kind of, his, his presser was so good. He was like, yeah, I just kind of like looked up and realized I was, I was in the mix and like, I should just go try to win this golf tournament is what he was talking about at API. And he had some really um, interesting thoughts on, the greens and how they kind of uh, move throughout the week. I just, I just think he's in a really good spot right now. And the game is as sharp as ever. He is two strokes of putting away from winning every single, winning every single golf tournament. Uh, let's do the key. There's like three, there's like three straight questions in a row about Keith Mitchell. So let's do Keith Mitchell. So here's what we're going to need from Keith. We're going to need him to, to drive it well, like he normally has, right? He's, he's, he's such a great driver. He drives, I mean, he's like three, four, five, six strokes off the tee in some situations. I need him to gain like two strokes on approach. And then I just need him to be like a positive player with the uh, flat stick. In your model, is it better to use weighted strokes gain metrics or normal? This week, I think you can use either. I like to use the weighted strokes gain metrics because that looks at... Um, uh, that weighted strokes gain metrics take into account strength of field and a variety of other factors. When you get like a bunch of young guys in a field or a bunch of guys from Europe in a field or a bunch of guys with like, Hey, we've got some star, but like the stars are generally all playing the same events. Now. I, I think in general, you can just get away with using the, um, regular. Hey Rick, love the chat GPP question. In general, what is the max projected cumulative ownership you would use to hope your lineup isn't duped on a week like this, like 60 or 
Sorry, I guess I can get my head out of the way. Uh, that like 60 or 70% is probably what I would do for max projected ownership. That's across all lineups and just kind of see where that goes. Um, you could also just do, I mean, there's obviously different ways to make sure you don't get duped, but that's a pretty good one. I'm leading my 20 man in one and done. I have ROM available to use, but uh, but the driver concerns, pros and cons for playing. Okay, so this is a good question. The, the John Rom conversation. I believe that there are you have two options uh, remaining for John Rom at the moment. You can either play him here or Memorial. Those are really your only two chances. Uh, now the 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 arguments are this: if you play him here, you get probably the best player in the biggest purse. Pretty good argument. If you do not play him here. Uh, he's already like 40% used. He's going to be used a lot here. He's going to be used a lot at the Masters. He's going to be used a lot anytime he tees it up from now to Memorial. And then the Memorial is an elevated event in which he's absolutely going to be the favorite. And there's going to be like 75% of the pool that you're in that cannot even use him. So if you have concerns, punt him to the Memorial, but you probably, <coughs> excuse me, have to use him there. Rick, thanks for all your content. I'm starting to show the, uh, I'm starting to show fruits through my bets. I'm 20th out of 35 and a one and done. Should I take the favorite or be different? I think you should probably take like Patrick Cantlay or 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 Xander Shoffley, like that next tier of golfer. Um, if you're not, you're 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 barely in the top half. I would uh, be just a little bit different. Is there merit to lefties playing well here? I don't know about that. That's a, I just I don't know the answer to that. Hey, Rick, do you like Harris English for this week? Uh, I do not. I think he's just been a little bit reliant on that putter. Let me see if I can find him real quick. Uh, a little more than I would like. You know, the 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 first memory, so he's had two decent starts in a row. The first one was like, what? He gained nine strokes putting at, uh, was it Riviera? And then he backed it up with another good putting week. So no, I'm I'm pretty out on, I'm pretty out on Harris English. Whoop, my chat jumped on me for a second. I'm gonna try to find my spot. We talked about um we talked about Scythe. Okay, Ryan Fox is pretty interesting. So Ryan Fox, I talked about him a little bit. He's in the sixty seven hundred dollars, right? So 14th at API with really good ball striking numbers and plays really well around the road. He's got four top twenties in a row, with one of them being at the API. I should have probably said when someone asked about other golfers in the 6K range, Ryan Fox's name probably should have popped up as well. Before projected ownership, I liked Scotty, Hovland, Hatton, Day, Keegan, all chalky. But can you use all the chalk in one lineup actually be unique? That's interesting, Daniel. I, again, I don't know the answer to that question. I get the idea is being so chalky that someone else would have, everyone else would have pivoted somewhere. I don't know, man. Try it. Let me know. Let me know if you get duped. That's pretty funny. What do you think the round one score will be for tomorrow's first round leader? Um, so historically this will play what? Um, so it'll play a stroke over par for the week, probably half a stroke to a stroke over par for the week, but Thursday will probably be one of the easier days. So let's call it even par. So what is the likelihood that you get a guy who shoots five or six under? Um, I think five unders, I think five unders out there. Right, you take you take take advantage of the fours. I would say sixty. There might be a sixty-six or a sixty-seven out there. It's a big field, a lot of good golfers. 
I'm considering a course. I'm considering a player's course history. How much weight do you give last year because of weather, and how much weight do you give to any results pre-19? Good question. When they moved it from May to March, so I don't love course history as much as I like course fit. I think the course fit has been really, really strong, right? The course fit of ball striking has been incredibly strong. The course history for all of your points, wrong end of the draw. This event used to be played in May. It's volatile anyway. I don't necessarily need to put a lot on course history, but I would like to put a lot on course fit. Your favorite between Cantlay Day and Wills Alatoris? I mean, I think it has to be Cantlay, right? Cantlay is the best, most accomplished player in that stra- in, in that question. Um, and they are, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's he's he's the best player. Who's the most average PGA Tour player? It used to be Scott Stallings. Uh, now it is. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. How about this? In the last 36 rounds, there is one guy in this field who is exactly a zero in strokes gained, meaning he's exactly average. It's Peter. It's Peter Malnati. So Peter Malnati, at least in the last 36 rounds, is the most average golfer. Hey, Rick Runwell, do you think it is more important to be different up top or different in the 7 or 8K range? Different up top, I think, is more valuable because there is, what, 12 or 15 guys at the top who can win? Something like that. So to be different there and leverage a win, I think, is really good as opposed to being different in the 7K range and getting a guy that finishes like T21 instead of T49. Uh, I'm not going to do the Webb Simpson thing. I hope I'm wrong, but like five or six holes does not make a man. Hey, Rick, did you get the crystals yet? I don't know, Ken. Have I have I gotten the crystals yet? You, you tell me. Am I looking at you right now through the crystals? I don't know. I think I got them. Yeah, baby. Let's go. How much do you weigh left miss avoidance with water on that side? Um, so we talked about this a little bit at, at PGA National. I think there's kind of two parts to this. I do think it's a very interesting thought process when you say, okay, um, like, Hey, all the, all the dangers in one area, where do guys normally miss? The problem with that is when you look at the stats for, you know, left miss avoidance or whatever, whatever you're going to look at, what that does not entail is guys in the moment knowing that, right? So like, do you miss left when you're trying to hit it far and there's no problems anywhere? Or do you miss left when there is danger left, right? Imagine standing on a tee and being like, well, I can't miss left and then hitting it left. That's a big difference between standing on a tee with 50 yards in either direction and just smacking the crap out of it and it going left. So I don't love the left avoidance or the right avoidance thing, but um, that's me. My morning snack was an everything bagel. Toasted with uh, cream cheese. I have a free bet. Rory, John, or Scotty. I have bet Scotty. Okay, I'll just do this. I've, I've only made three bets this week, actually. Three outright bets. I actually have a lot of matchup action, and I got some top 10s and top 20s. But I have um, literally th- only three. It's like the smallest card of the year, but you'll figure out why in a second. Scotty Scheffler, 11 and a half to one. Victor Hovland, 30 to one. Cam Young, 42 to one. That's it for me. I I thought long and hard about Justin Thomas. I thought long and hard about Keegan. 
I thought long and hard about Rory or Rom, just going right back to one of them. I thought hard about Hatton, but that's I, I got I got big big positions on three guys that I really think can win. Oh, um, okay, Michael, I can answer this question for you. So, Prize Picks has a lot of fairways hit at eight and a half. Do you think that is a low number? Is it reasonable? Okay, I will tell you what I actually have these lines at. So I don't, I'm going to have to pull up a different program. I'm not going to be able to share my screen with you because it's kind of like behind the scenes stuff, but I'm going to tell you what I have these lines at, and then you can just go to prize picks and see which ones don't match up. So I have the fair lines on Morikawa and Tom Kim to be nine and a half. So if you can get it at nine, you should be taking the over. Sungjae at nine, Jason Day, Fitzpatrick, Homa, Cantlay, Scheffler, Shane Lowry, eight and a half. I've got Rory Spieth, Cam Young all at seven and a half. So, Michael, go use those and, and compare. Um, but I wanted to give you something there. Also, I have a promo code for Prize Picks. It's Rick. There's a link in the description. You get a bonus. How do you find good first round leaders? Okay. So, this is my favorite tool to do so. Um, a first round leader needs to gain probably five strokes to the field. How often do golfers do that? Well, John Rahm does it in his last 36, 25% of the time. Jason Day and Taylor Montgomery have done it 13% of the time. But how about this? Um, you know, Adam Scott has done it 8.3% of the time. Bo Hostler, Ben Griffin, these guys that you wouldn't be all that surprised to see them as first round leaders, right? Now, are they going to win the golf tournament? Probably not. Chris Kirk, Chris Kirk, 7,900 bucks and probably 100 to one to be the first round leader, something like that. I'm in first in my one and done, about three million. Safe going with Cantlay or Hovland. Um, Hovland probably would be the smarter move. Cantlay is going to be usable everywhere. You're getting Victor in an upward trend at a place he's had success at. I think the I think the answer, uh, the best answer there for you is 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 Victor. Here's his numbers, by the way. This is the upward trend I'm talking about. Plus nine, plus six, plus five, plus two. That's going back in time at the API. Joel Damon has been bad. Uh, yeah, Damon. Damon was one of the guys in the six K range that I thought was that I thought was pretty decent. <laughs> what did they do with the real real Wyndham Clark? I'm not sure who this elite iron player is. Uh, yeah, of course I'm concerned, Parker, about his driving accuracy. But if I wasn't concerned about anything he would be like $9,000. Safe is $6,700 or less to make the cut. No one is safe to make the cut, but to answer your question, Svensson, right? He's playing much better. I showed you his stat profile earlier. Um, over under 50 water balls on the 17th. I think it's way over, right? Wasn't there 93 last year or something like that? I, I now there was a ton of wind. I think I think I still take the over. I believe if I'm if I'm remembering that correctly, it's definitely over. Does anybody who stands out who spiked with their irons uh, last week? Okay, well here's what I can do. I can pull up some of the numbers here for you. So here is. Uh, last week. Now, obviously not all of these guys are playing, but like Homa gains eight and a half strokes on approach. Wyndham Clark, 6.5 uh, 
uh, on approach. T- Tony Finau, six. Webb Simpson, uh, six. Emiliano Grillo, 5.3. Uh, Aaron Rye, 5.26. So those are guys that popped with their irons uh, last week. I lost my spot again. Sorry, guys. This, there's a lot. I mean, it's a good problem to have. We have a lot of comments, but it, it, um, it rattles around in StreamYard and kind of jumps me around. Sawgrass is fun. What was your favorite uh, Tiger Woods game? And what was your favorite course? Okay, so remember when they had the Predator, I think it was called, right? Like that fantasy golf course, that always got me good. I loved that. That was hard. Um, I used to just shred everything in Rory McIlroy golf on at St. Andrews, right? Because you could, because St. Andrews was so short that you could, you could drive like literally every single green. Um, and you could just, just get hot with the putter and, and rock and roll. I'm pretty in on Adam Scott. So Adam Scott's probably been playing better than um than most would most would realize. You know, he had that he had that runner-up finish at the Australian Open uh, uh at the end of last year and then uh has played decently well and he and he's and he's got these abilities to to put it together on harder golf courses. Obviously the good good results around TPC Sawgrass. <laughs> So funny, man. These crystals are just so funny. All right. Let me see if I can find the best putters in the last few years here. Uh, what am I doing? Players championship, last couple of rounds. Give me a second. My my computer is like going through the hurt locker right now. Players championship, all capitals, last couple of years. Here we go. Strokes gain putting. Uh, so this goes back to 2017. Anybody with a decent sample? I mean, what do you want to do? Say a decent sample size is 10 rounds. Cheston Hadley, number one. Webb Simpson, 16 rounds. Uh, Danny McCarthy's got 12 rounds. Mackenzie Hughes has got 12. He's up there. Billy Horschel, JT Poston. Terrell Hatton, 14 rounds, 0.68 per round. That's pretty good. So Robbie Shelton, but only in two rounds. Uh, Brandon Todd, only in six rounds. I do like the Xander pivot. I'm not, you know, I do think it's an awkward, it's such, I mean, I, I get why Xander's only like 10 or 11%. It's a super awkward price. So if you're playing the, like in a vacuum, I don't think it's very good, but if you are, um, if you're playing the game theory game, I think it's, I think it's pretty smart. I, 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 I hate to do the Victor ran again because people, like I lose credibility with everyone, but I'm telling you the way that he described his game in Phoenix to the way that he described his game at Riviera, and then the fact that the um, the metrics have followed, and that this is a good course for him, I'm always a Victor guy, but this one is actually logical. Oh yeah, okay. So there was a guy last week who came in and said, "Tell me why I shouldn't." put Kurt Kitayama in all my lineups. And I don't remember what he said, what I said to him. I hope I didn't say you idiot. I went back and looked at his stat profile and it was like above average, which is what I hope I said. I hope I didn't say you're a moron. That, that guy, I don't know who it was, but that guy needs to out himself and then tell us who to pick this week. Sam Burns is uh, super concerning at the moment. Quite honestly, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with this. The nine strokes he lost on approach at API is starting to become a little bit of a trend. I I don't like it, and I'm a big Sam Burns guy. So that is um, 
a little bit scary for me. Luckily, I've answered a lot of these because I'm still 50 minutes behind questions. I'm fifth in a large one and done. Down to JT and Victor, leaning JT. That's fine. That's fine, right? I'll pull up the JT stat profile, but I, I think this is this is generally fine. He's 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 hitting it well enough. Um, he's kind of back on brand a little bit. He just needs to putt well to win. I think either one of them is fine. They both they both have their um, they both have their flaws. How correlated is this course history compared to other PGA events? Pretty low. I don't have like the correlation number in front, but um, pretty low. You get a you, you get a lot of really sour um, event histories. There was like five questions in a row about prize picks and if there's any edges. The edges I think are a little bit in strokes. I think Spieth under 71 and a half and Shane Lowry under 71 and a half. This is uh rungoodprops.com. It's a dashboard that I run on a different website. So both of those unders are minus 145 at Caesars. So I'd probably lean on those and then just the birdie or better matchups is what I would be smashing. Luckily, I've answered some of these. Thank goodness. Um, better fit, Suh or Shelton? Good question. I mean, I could actually, I guess I could just tell you because I do have the course fit. So here's like, so at the bottom of the key stats is actually course fit. So who are we looking for? Suh and Shelton. So Justin Suh, I have it a 1.5. Robbie Shelton, I have at a 1.9. So better fit, Justin Suh. Sitting 114th in the run and done, and have used Scotty. Do you prefer Rom or Rory? Rory. Rainmaker's last guy in. Ha. Sick. Battley, Gim, Rogers, Lipsky, Taren. Probably Battley. I'm a fellow suffering owner of Aaron Wise in a one and done. Any thoughts on what has gone wrong? No, this is kind of, you know, I haven't heard anything equipment wise or injury wise, but this is pretty ugly and pretty concerning, you know, to, to fall off the face of the earth like this, especially in something that for 24 months, he was a lead at T to green play. Uh, that's really concerning. I, I, you know, it's weird. I kind of hope it's equipment. I don't hope it's an injury. I hope it's something and not just like he's, he's lost the feels because that's not, that's not great. Big question, Fowler or Keegan? Ah, Keegan. For 20 lineups, how large do you make your player pool? A lot of personal preference. I go very tight, 16 to 20 golfers, and I do a core cascading method. Google Rick Rungood core cascade. I think we're all vicariously living through you and your neat experience with tour pros. Trust me, buddy, you and I both. Any cool experiences or interactions you can share walking with Ram and Rory relationship with Victor? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I pinch myself all the time, right? I mean, to be at Tory, to be at Riv, to be at uh, Phoenix, it's crazy they let me do that. Um, it's really cool. There, you know, I think I don't know if anybody saw it. There was that photo of uh, backed up on the sixth hole at uh, or the fifth uh, fifth hole sixth hole at Riv. No, fifth hole at Riv, where JT, Rory, and Tiger were sitting on the cooler there. And I was six inches away just by accident. 
I didn't even, I, w- I was just trying to get out of the way. That gallery was so huge. So I just walked straight to the back, right. Just to get out of the way. And they, they just sat down and I was like, holy crap. And like, I heard every word they said, I'll, I won't, it wasn't bad, but it was, you know, I won't, I won't put it out there, but that's really cool. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, Victor's a, Victor's a really thoughtful, Victor's such a normal, thoughtful guy. And, um, we have a lot of, you know, common hobbies and stuff like that. And he's very open and honest about the state of his game. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, man. I just, it's, it's absolutely nuts. Why doesn't the PGA do a random draw? And we see it. Preach John. I think the most unfair thing about golf is that the top players always have to play together and that those, and then, and then the lesser known guys always get the worst tee times. It's all for television. It's so that you can put one camera and get three top players at the same time. Can we see the scoring average ranks on this field? Uh, 70, it's like a stroke over par. Can Tommy Fleetwood win? Like barely? Yes. Thoughts on Seamus Power? I'll tell you what, we haven't done the Seamus Power. Excuse me, guys. Conversation in quite some time. So let's do the Seamus Power stuff. Oof. API was pretty ugly. Lost eight and a half strokes ball striking. I will give him a little bit of credit. He's a bounce back quickly guy. So he lost um he lost five and a half of the tournament of champions, had it figured out a couple weeks later for Abu Dhabi where he gained eight strokes, lost six and a half at the CJ Cup and won the next week in Bermuda. So I will say that is very ugly, but he has historically bounced back very quickly. Love what you do, Rick. Thanks for this. I'm wondering for an ownership league, I need four spots to fill. So four out of Rose, Taylor, Taylor, Putnam, Jaeger, Hostler. Rose, Jaeger, Hostler, Nick Taylor. Did prize picks fix the double Scotty thing yet? I don't know, actually. Would love if you provided a March Madness video. Yeah, I will, Ken. It'll be out either Monday or Tuesday of next week. So Selection Sunday is Sunday, right? So it'll either be out on Monday or I might wait to get more mature data on Tuesday, but it is, it is literally the, um, literally the most popular video that I put out every, what does that say about me? That the most popular video I put out every year is not related to the thing that I cover every single week. What does that say about me? But yes, I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely have a video. Just it'll be Monday or Tuesday. The people want to know the card. I've released the card. It is Scheffler. It is Hovland. It is Cam Young. How do you evaluate your results model player pool after each week? So uh, what I do is I do a couple of things. One is statistical where I'll kind of back test it a little bit and see like, hey, was the course key stats right? How right was it? How wrong was it? That stuff. And then I will also like look at like Harris English finishing second or whatever. I'll be like, should we have seen this coming? And I'll look at his stat profile and be like, no. No reasonable person should have seen this coming. Or if someone does play well, it's like, yeah, maybe we should have seen that coming, right? So I'll do kind of two things. Congrats on your uh, Rainmaker pool. Some of us spent $200 on a pack of Trevor Cohn, Andrew Novak, and Joshua Creel. Yeah. There are some real, I got, I mean, I've punted some, I mean, I opened up packs that have three guys that I'm not sure will play another PGA Tour event, which is tough. Let's do let's do a post and deep dive. We're at that point in the show, right? We're already into overtime. I'll I'll be here as long as we need to be. So here's posting. It's not great, man. 
I mean, this is this is the post that I loved, right? The T21, 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 T6, gaining on approach, gaining on the ball striking categories and all of them. Didn't do it in Houston, or didn't do it in Phoenix, didn't do it at Riv, didn't do it at Honda. Finally made the cut at Honda, but the only thing he gained was around the green. Not saying he can't pop, but this is a pretty bad stat profile. And for a guy who generally foreshadows a little bit better than this, not very good. Between Cantlay, Scotty, and Tori? Tony? In my one and done, who do you like? Depends on your position. If you're front running Scotty, if not, Cantlay. Do you ever bet on three balls? Generally, just matchups. Three balls, I think, are kind of corny, honestly. Okay, we can do the Brandon Wu thing. So uh, Daniel says, I know it's short term, but in the power rankings over the last 12 rounds, uh, oh, Dylan Wu, excuse me. Dylan Wu or Brandon Wu? Because both, uh, I think Brandon Wu's actually been ball striking it uh, very well. He says, yeah, okay. So here's what we've got. So we don't have the Puerto Rico numbers. So really his last 12, yeah, it's it's eight measured. This is really good. Gained six on a, six in the ball striking at Pebble. Six at Honda. Yeah, this is really strong. And he's and he's, it's not like he hasn't done this before, so I don't think it's a complete outlier. I like that. Has he played the players before? No. Making his debut. That's not bad. Good one, Daniel. Yeah, we, this is probably the highest priced guy we haven't really said a single word on is Sung Jay. Right? So here's Sung Jay. I wish he was hitting the ball on his second shots a little bit better, right? Plus seven at Farmers, plus four at Phoenix. Three small losses in a row, but he's still driving it well. And he, get, yeah, this is actually a really good stat profile of someone who's like under the radar, snap off and win this thing, right? Because all we're asking him to do, the rest of the stat profile is absolutely on brand. All we're asking him to do is gain four to seven strokes on approach. That's all, just one to two around. <laughs> but that is what he is actually capable of doing. So this is actually a pretty, yeah, man. Tell you what, what's his ownership? What's his projected ownership? 11 and a half. Sungjae might be that dude. Yeah, that might be the game theory guy. <laughs> I understand we're trying to cut back on plastic usage, but I don't think those crystals are the solution to water bottles. Bump, 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 Jeff Klein. Good job. 500 people in here. Give us your casual money. Give it up. Give it up. Okay. Oh, speaking of home courses, uh, that was, I, I don't think I mentioned it. That was another reason I liked Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel like plays out of TPC Sawgrass. Um, so here's, here's Sam Ryder's numbers. I wish they were better. I really liked what he did. Farmers, Phoenix, Riv. I guess it wasn't that bad at API. His stat profile is, it's just a very high upside one. It's a very low downside one, unfortunately. So I, I like Sam Ryder when he gets going with approach and he gets uh, going with putting, he can legitimately finish inside the top 20 of an elevated event, which is something he's done twice in his last three. And then farmers is damn near an elevated event. So I, I just, I wish he was a bit more consistent, but that's, that's not, that's not what we're going to say. What wave was Cantlay in last year? I'm pretty sure he was in the good wave and missed the cut. I'm pretty sure he was the only guy in the good wave to like to miss the cut. Rick, how often do you get recognized in public? Not uh, including at PGA events. <laughs> Got to be getting close to A-level celeb status. No, but um, it happens a lot more in Vegas than anywhere else, obviously. Vegas is also very small. Like, if you live in Vegas, 
uh, everyone kind of knows everybody. I think Vegas, it seems like a big place and there's a lot of tourists, but if you live here, everyone kind of knows we run in the same circles. So it happens a decent bit in, in Vegas. We had someone come up to our table at dinner the other night and say hello and all that stuff. Um, it is very jarring. It's cool. It's, I can't believe it happened, but like outside of golf events, maybe once a month and, it, and it's only in Vegas, nowhere else. And it's usually at Circa, honestly. It's usually someone it, – no, it's almost almost always exclusively someone coming up to me at, at Circa and saying something. Thank goodness I've answered a lot of these. Um, okay, we can do the HOMA conversation because this is another big name that we haven't really talked about. I, I, could, I really considered betting Max HOMA this week. So a couple of things with HOMA. It is not good when you have to gain 11 strokes putting, which is what he did at Riviera to finish second. But he doesn't have to, right? Look at this stat profile. It's all green. He's an elite ball striker, 11 at API, 9 at Farmers. So when you look at this, it's actually like, hey, he's actually like, he has a lot of ways to get it done. He can be elite with his irons or he can gain a billion strokes putting. The other thing is, so this this little nugget, uh, this being a ball striker's paradise, the golf courses that highly correlate to ball striking savants, Sawgrass, Craig Ranch, Quail Hollow, TPC Potomac, Plantation Course, et cetera, et cetera. If you go and take those courses and say, who's been the best at these courses? Max Homo, his, his results are skewed because um, like, Things before 2021 were not good, but he's gained in seven straight of these courses and he's won at two of them. He won at Quail Hollow and he won at TPC Potomac. So I, I, I really, you know what? I mean, what number can I get on? What number can I get on Max Homa right now? I've bet three guys. Do I have room for Max Homa? I've, I've got an 11 and a half to one. I've got a 30 and I've got a 46. Could I get? A Max Homa in? Should we do a lot like a live Max Homa bet right now? What number can I get? It's probably not very good. 22. Can I have a man? So that would give me an 11 and a half, a 30, and a 40, a 22 and a 42. Should we just do it just for the show? All right. I'm gonna bet Max Homa right now. And that will be my fourth. He'll be my fourth. I think it's I think I got a bad number, but I'm gonna take it. We're in. Having difficulty with uh Matt Wallace, Wyndham Clark, Ryan Fox, Alex Smalley. Having difficulty with those are fine. No, I'm I, I like Clark and Fox. Those are fine. Uh okay, yeah. Sorry. So I was I forgot to come back to Luke List. I was like in the middle of 900 things running on my computer and I had to, I got a little nuts. Um, here's the problem. He almost does not have the ability to out hit his putter, right? I mean, he gains 13 strokes ball striking at Riv and finishes T29. That's impossible because he lost seven with the putter and nine and a half in the, uh, in the short game, two weeks in a row, he's lost nine and a half in the short game. He just like, what is he going to gain 30 strokes on approach this week, it's just horrible. 
I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I told you I bet him, but like here, here's the Cam Young stuff. If you're, if you're interested in this. So when he's at his best, he's super elite, right? Uh, he drives it better than most guys on tour. He's gained multiple strokes on approach in five, four out of six. And that doesn't even include his Saudi runner up. He's cleaning up the short game and the around the green play. And the only thing that needs to come back is the putter. And he's generally a very good putter. So giddy up. I like Sam Burns, but even, even like at extreme, like I, I think there's other guys. I just can't really get there. You said last week the jury is out on Morikawa versus the wind. Any updated opinion? More evidence mounting that he's not a great wind player. Uh, and the argument is actually, the argument's pretty interesting. When you talk to like actual guys who play golf and at a high level, it kind of makes sense a little bit. You know, he has one shot, which is an amazing shot. And he's never needed anything but one shot. But the best win players have all the shots. Bubba, Justin Thomas, right? Shot makers. I, I would classify Colin Morikawa as a ball striker, not a shot maker. And JT, like what? he's got all the freaking shots, man. It's why he's great in the wind. There you go. This is as wrong as you can get. I don't know if Hovland has that killer instinct. So wrong. Can you show the one and done picks that the fans have already selected? Uh, that fans have already selected? Oh, for first cut? Or for... We'll talk to producer Josh about that. Okay, yes. Got it. Um... These are just comments, not necessarily questions. Did you design the Power BI reports yourself? I'm a senior BI developer and this is good stuff. Yeah, like, listen, I know just enough to be dangerous, right? And I've learned a lot on the fly, but yeah, these are all these are all my doing. In two one and dones, bottom quartile in one, 50% in the other, obviously no top gun suggestions. Uh, yeah, you could go with Cam Young. You could go with uh, Terrell Hatton. You could go with Keegan. So here's what I would say. I'll pull up the uh, projected one-and-done ownership stuff. Here we go. So if I were you, I mean, Tony Finau, 1%. That's probably your play. Zalatoris at 2%. Hatton at 2%. Cam Young at 1.5%. Xander at 2%. Those are your options. New to golf betting, what's the best website for PGA odds screens to see all my outs at once? All my outs at once. Oh, all my outrights at once? What's the best website for PGA odds screens to see all my outrights at once? I do not know if I understand that. However, if you are saying like, how do you track them all? And like, just mark them as favorites on the PGA Tours leaderboard. I don't know if I understand that though. I have better course history, says Toma, than Xander Schauffele at this course the last few years. Yep. Talked about Tom Kim already. Can you quickly exp explain the core cascade method? Sure. Pick six golfers. Put them into 20 lineups. Take golfer number one, replace him four times. Take golfer number two, replace him four times. Take golfer number three, replace him four times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It gives you six golfers in 16 out of your 20 lineups with a little bit of exposure to each one. High risk, high reward. Need some advice. Some dude. 
about to go on a vacation. Would you encourage be okay with your wife wearing a thong bikini? What if it's around other family members? Just ask your wife, man, instead of people on the internet. Um, any reason to deep dive old Russell Knox? Can he splash for us? Not literally, of course. Okay. I, I thought there was a joke in there. I couldn't find it. All right, here we go. Russell Knox. Miscut, miscut, miscut. Minus 4.7 strokes on approach at Honda. Even worse of a putter. This is a tough scene, boys. I mean, his best finish is a T21 RSM in like the last year. T15 at Charles Schwab. I mean, there's just no upside here because he loses four strokes putting every single week. Rory here? Question mark? Yeah. Good to see you, Rick. Love the content. Thank you. Need one of these guys. Mitchell Horschel, Sahith. Sahith. I'm fifth in a 45-person one and done. Only have Scotty out of the big three, but leaning can't layer Hovland. I would pick Scotty or Hovland. I would pick Scotty. I would probably pick Hovland. 45 people, I'd probably pick Hovland because Scotty's just going to be the favorite every single week that he plays. Am I nuts for thinking Hovland here? No. Can you rate these three? Clark, Billy Ho, Ryan Fox. It's probably Billy Ho, Clark, Ryan Fox. 75th out of 120. Uh, use Morikawa or Homer. Don't use Rom. Will you be attending any of the majors this year? Fingers crossed, man. I'll tell you what. Here, the Masters is so tough. I don't know what I... St- if anybody has an in, and I hate to even do this, if anybody has an in at the Masters, I'm open to it, right? I, I, I don't know what my status is going to look like. I'll pay for myself to get there. A credential. What? Like, just email me or slide into my DMs or something. But PGA, I'm almost certainly going to be at. LACC, I imagine I'll be at. Um, the Masters is just so hard, man. It's so hard. Thankfully, I've uh, answered a lot of these. How much do you believe in Fox? I mean, more than the other guys at $6,700. So take that for what it's worth. We did Seamus Power. Big bounce back guy. Um, Is Tim Tucker staying on Kitayama's bag? I think so. So he was on his bag in Phoenix at first, I believe. So I imagine, I imagine he, he is. What's your eight top golfers in the tournament? John Rahm, Roy McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Max Homa, Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas. Good luck. Who are you taking in your one and done? I'm in a lot of one and dones. So... Two I'm in the front of, I've taken um, Scotty, and the other one I actually used all the big three. Whoops. Cantlay, I think I took in that one. So I've got Cantlay, uh, I'm using Xander in some chase spots, and I'm using Scotty in my front running positions. Friend was walking the course today. State's rough is thick, three and a half inches. How does this change roster construction? Uh, We knew it was going to be three and a half inches, so it doesn't change anything. Get yourself guys with good club head speed or accuracy off the tee. What sets Hovland apart from Hatton this week? Interesting. Um, they've both been good ball strikers. I would say not much. They're probably pretty similar. Who's your favorite 6K golfer? And you t- Can you tell us how often Emiliano Grillo is a zero putter? First off, Emiliano Grillo completed the rare feat of being first in tee to green last week and last in putting. It's almost impossible to do. How often is he a zero? None in the last seven starts, but he was a really good putter from John Deere to Shriners, which is really troublesome that he's lost it. 
who's my favorite 6K golfer? Uh, Ryan Fox or Johnny Vegas is fine. Svensson is fine. One of those guys. I didn't like the way my voice sounded when I said that. Fine. That was weird. I'm off to a hot start in my one and done. Our season started at Genesis. Nice. I hit Rom and Rory last weekend, currently in second and a million in front. Is Scheffler the play? Yep. Also note, uh, whoa, that's a nice wrinkle. We could keep the player in our player pool if they win. Holy crap. My dog is snoring loudly as I watch this. How's Oliver? Thank you for asking. Oliver is such a sweet boy. He's doing well. I don't know if we talked about it. He got bit by another dog, but that was a couple of months ago. He's doing a lot better. He is back to normal. He's been back to normal for a while. He is loving life. I've been traveling. He's been staying with my parents. Oh, they just, it's been great. What kind of win equity does Siwoo have this weekend? One and a half percent. I love F1. No, I don't have any team. I don't even know. No, I don't have any teams or play, players, racers that I like. But one in uh, F1 is what golf should be. I really enjoyed it. Teaching right now, so I'll have to catch the answer later. But I wanted to ask if your core cascade builds are better or worse for stacked fields. Um, Generally better because they are um, like usually the price, actually this pricing is not that soft. Usually the pricing is a lot softer for players and major championships. What is days one and done percent? I have him approximately at 6.6%. Would you go back to Woodland? Yeah, we kind of, um, I kind of talked myself into Woodland. Any crystals given away yet? No. Uh, I'll do it like on Friday. So I'm traveling. So I'm driving tomorrow and then, uh, I'll probably like Friday is a work day for me. I'll be at a hotel working. So I'll probably pick it on Friday. Just make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, rickrungood.com slash newsletter. Season long question. Oh, I think I have the same exact dilemma. Fox, Dietrich or Griffin. I went back to Dietrich. Sorry, man. I know it's not fun. Rick, I'll be out in Vegas for the WSOP. What's the meet and greet schedule like? How about a round at the win? Are you buying? Are you buying? Um, yeah, I'll be around. Just like DM me or I, honestly, email's better. But um, yeah, I'll be around. Maybe I'll play an event. Can you show the ownership from least from highest to least? Yeah. Okay. This is let's just get down to business here. We're already 20 minutes into overtime. Day, Cantlay, 25%. Rory, 22 Scotty, 21 JT, 20 And then Keegan, Terrell, Hovland, all at 19%. Um, I did just get a text while this show was going on that Mike Cavalunas, who does my ownership, uh, he has updated these. But they're probably not anything super crazy. Let me just – I mean, if you're here, we're here, right? Like, I'm just going to keep going. No one's going to stop me. So I'm just going to keep going. So here we go. I've got Cantlay at 24, JT at 22, Scheffler 22, Rory 22, Day 25, Keegan 20. Those are all the golfers over 20. Good luck. I'm going to not let you see the back end. <laughs> Sorry. Do you play three balls? No, not really. I don't like three balls. 
matchups are where it's at. A lot of these are just comments like, Kisner for me at 250. Okay. Why the tour doesn't invest in letting us watch as many shots as possible is fine. Is wild. There's, there's triggering comments. This is, I completely agree with you. Not sure if anyone has ever asked this. What's in the bag? All right. I, I got fit about five months ago. First of all, I am digging my stuff right now. I had a, I had my record swing speed yesterday, 111, but I could not break my ball speed record, which is 160. I got 159. Armina goes, those are the same. Because she goes, oh, those are the same thing. I'm like, I have a, we have a launch monitor that better not be the same thing. It better be able to tell the difference between one mile an hour. Um, Ping 425 driver, very forgiving. I love it. I don't necessarily love the sound of it, but I do love it. The Mizuno 225 Pros, which are just about as much club as I can handle. The Kirkland Wedges, which are the same as my Vokies, but they've been reshafted and regripped, but the spin rates are off the charts. And then I'm playing that uh, Scotty Fastback 1.5 and Vice Pro Pluses. I love the setup right now. Second in my 52-person one-and-done, I still have Scotty and Rom available. Wow, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like, Victor's the only... Like, if you're front-running, I think Victor's the only other option because he's... I think he's going to be pretty popular this week. So it's not the worst in the world to, to roll there. Um, that's fine. Especially in a smaller one if you have those two guys available. I think Cam Young gets his first win this week. I hope so. I bet him. Looking to go a little bit more contrarian, Morikawa or Zalatoris? I prefer Zalatoris by a hair. Brian Harmon deep dive. That's something we haven't gotten to in a while. Whoops. Sure, let's do it. Brian Harmon. Miscut, miscut. Uh, he's lost strokes on approach in every event dating back to... Okay, I mean, his 2022 has been horrible. He has not gained strokes on approach in 2022. He's lost in the ball striking categories in four straight. He's lost from tee to green pretty significantly during that stretch. Let's look at his player's championship history, although I don't think I'm going to see anything that's going to be pretty convincing. Well, that's pretty good, actually. <clears throat> yeah, I'm probably out. Don't love this at all. Really, really concerning, honestly. I've answered a lot of these, which is great. Alcoholic drink of choice, uh, usually just do something boring like a Mick Ultra, 90 calories or whatever, or uh, Stella. I don't usually, I usually just drink beer. I'm not a huge wine guy. Um, Arnold Palmer's are fine. Transfusions on the golf course. Have you made it out to Whistling Straits? No, but high on the list. Echeverria, is this too big for him? I love Echeverria, by the way. Him, Augusta Nunez, a couple guys I've been following, they've been playing well. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, listen, it's going to be really hard for the guy who wins the Puerto Rico Open to get into this field and do something, but let's just watch Echeverria moving forward. Hey, Rick, your pal Joe here. Hi, Joe. You should bet Homa, yes. Well, I'm only 20 minutes behind on, on questions, but luckily we got to the same answer. Does your cheat sheet update at specific times? Uh, so basically when Mike Cavalunis updates the projected ownership, it updates, which happens about two to three times a day from Monday night, a couple times on Tuesday, a couple times on Wednesday, uh, not at specific times. What happens if a live player wins the Masters? 
they will use that for uh, propaganda videos. Oh, the guy with the question about outrights was asking if there is a website like Odds Checker to see all the books at once. Okay, the answer is Odds Checker. Thank you, Sam. Um, one and done question. Not a fan of the format, but we pick two guys each week and it goes through the tour championship. Here's the problem with this, Brian. Does it count the bonus money? If it counts the bonus money, you are going to have to save those guys because that means you'd be getting like $18 million. It wouldn't even matter what your season was if you just got the top two guys, the tour championship. So it really depends on what your uh, what your payouts are. Did you see the tweet about Brooks Kepka coming back? I I mean that's been floated. I don't know if it's been if he's coming back, but I, I guess it has been reported all over the place that uh, that he's unhappy. I don't know what that means. How often do you play golf? So my ideal situation is I'd play like twice a week. It's been, we're, we're just getting the weather turning here in Vegas. Uh, I've been taking lessons, but we're just getting into prime time. And it's been very, very busy. Once, once we get through the masters, I'll probably get back to playing twice a week, but like once a week right now, we do have a simulator at home. So I hit golf balls a lot. Luckily I've answered a lot of these. The masters doesn't need to match an elevated purse, which is kind of the sick part. I think they might go up. Maybe we'll do 17 and a half. Maybe they'll stick at 15. They just don't like need, like they don't need to be the big, like they play for nothing. Like it doesn't matter. Love your show. I'm destroying peeps in my work pool. Thank you. Rick run. Good. Giving it the best. Ben Martin. I think I'm almost at the end. Just shocking that I made up ground 25 minutes into overtime. That's okay. Players who cares? I love this. I'll do this forever. Ben Martin's been pretty good. Look at the, look at these ball striking numbers. Two to three for five out of the last six weeks. Played well at Honda. Obviously a tough course. Yeah, this isn't bad. This is pretty good. T13, T5, generally pretty positive. Good call on Ben Martin. How did you make out with the in-person lessons? Yeah, so I'm still going, but I've had two. And it is, uh, it was life-changing, completely different. Comple- I'm no, I, I can no longer even hit the ball right if I try. So, um, I, I mean, I guess it depends on the person, depends on your game. But I, I also think like, okay, not to like, like, I think I'm pretty coordinated. So like, I'm, I can get my body in certain positions. I see someone to tell me where and how to be there. So... For me, I think I, I would get results pretty quickly because I, I'm, I'm generally pretty coordinated. All right. I think that's going to do it. Here's what I'm going to say. I appreciate everybody coming out. I'm happy to do big-time stuff for, for big-time events. Appreciate all the support. Go sign up for rickrungood.com. Constantly trying to make improvements. It's an unbelievable tool that I love, and I think you guys will too. There's a Jock Market Power Hour tonight, uh, which is Stock Market DFS, Joe Idoni and myself, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. And you've got like... Two more days to get into the pool for the crystals, okay? I don't know if they're cool or not. You might think they're corny as hell. I don't care. They're free. So, like, you have a chance to win them. Just make sure you're signed up for 
rickrungood.com slash newsletter. Um, best of luck this week. Seriously, guys, thank you so much. And I will uh, talk to you all soon.